0: G'day, you're listening to the Big Breakdown Podcast with Chris Stafford and Harrison Marshall. Take it away, fellas.
1: Hello and welcome along to season three of the Big Breakdown podcast, where in this season we are looking at coaching skills and today we are looking at planning and periodization. Harrison, I think this is going to be a, a fantastic topic that a lot of coaches will benefit from.
0: Oh, there certainly is. Um, we're definitely picking up from where we left off in terms of the calibre of guests in season two and um, it's a conversation I, I can't wait to get to get into. And the, you and I have spoken around um, the importance of, uh, of planning and, and how we can introduce a uh, periodization plans into 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 community games. Um but I think i think he'll today really kind of break it down and uh, and be be a massive benefit to, to coaches up and down and around the world
1: today we are joined by tony philp who is general manager at the hurricanes rugby union team in new zealand tony was a professional rugby union player at the chiefs before becoming a rugby development manager in 2006 tony joined japan rugby as a high performance manager and joined new zealand rugby in sevens program in a similar role in 2007 in this role, Tony supported the team in achieving successive victories at a multiple Olympic and Commonwealth medals, as well as winning the Rugby World Cup Sevens. In September two thousand and one, Tony joined the Hurricanes as general manager and has just finished a preseason in preparation for the new Super Rugby season. Tony joins us today to chat about planning and periodisation. Tony, how are you?
2: Uh, good, thank you. Uh, lovely um, New Zealand weather, summer uh, day. So uh, excited to keep the sunshine going um, in New Zealand at the other end of the earth from you guys.
1: Yeah it's certainly, uh, certainly not sunshine here. Uh, <laughs> got pretty cold out coaching last night. Um, so thanks for, for giving up your time um, today just to sort of kick off season season three for us. So uh, we're, we're looking at uh, coaching skills and we're spe- specifically going to be looking around sort of planning and periodisation today. Um, but yeah. first of all so you recently just started a, a new job with uh, the Hurricane just sort of in pre-season. So sort of how, how's that going? How have you started? Yeah it's
2: great. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, I started the Hurricanes as junior manager of rugby um, in September last year. So, um, you know, come out of the Olympic program with our all Blacks Sevens and Blackbeam Sevens team and um, went into a lockdown in New Zealand and then literally started the next day with the Hurricanes. And uh, it's been outstanding. Yeah, we're week two of our, our pre-season. We start playing next week and I'm um, just incredibly um, impressed with um, how much uh, we've grown and you know,
1: we've got some amazing people in the building, which is exciting for our future. Yeah, well, yeah, the, 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 there's a lot of uh, heritage as well and that you can sort of walk into and be a part of and, as I say coming from from the, the Olympic cycle with the Sevens as well, um, I can imagine that's quite a, an, an exciting um, opportunity. So, obviously, we, we want to chat about sort of planning and periodisation today and mm. Paris and I wanted to sort of bring it up as a bit of a to- topic is it something that we all talk about that we need to do but it's probably something that we we probably need some we don't know enough about especially in the community game that's the whole point of what we want to try and get out of it is what can we learn yeah. um, from from what, what what people do and what we can take into it so from sort of your experiences mm-hmm. it's, this might be a bit of a an easy question to sort of kick it off with but, but why is planning important why is planning periodisation important in terms of from a coaching perspective oh it's
2: a it's a, a really good question and <laughs> Um, from my point of view, you've probably got the, the best person because I just love planning. You know, it's probably the thing when you initially asked me to come on the, on the podcast and I think the kind of what the first topic was. I was like, yeah, I can talk about that. But when you asked me to talk about planning, I got really excited. So um, I think it's, you know, uh, absolutely critical that at any level, uh, whether it's an Olympic program or a um, super rugby club or a first of Dean team um, that you think about how you want to approach the season and what's important to you and what's not. Um, the challenge really is the process to do that, to make it really simple so you can remember and actually make sure you put your energy in the right space at the right time. Um, and I think that's the challenge. But if you haven't got that sorted up front, you can kind of amber your way through the year and not really know where you get to. And you to kind of go, well, do we get there or not? Um, so, you know, I'm a massive planner. Um,
1: probably, a bit OCD at times on it. Um, but believe it, you've got to get that right in order to get the outcome you're after at the other end. So, when we talk about, I mean, I, 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 I'm I'm pretty sure myself. I do I do love an Excel spreadsheet that's color coded and you know exactly where you're doing and where where, where you're going. That that does yeah. uh, that does get me excited. For the time. <laughs> but we, we, we talk about sort of planning and periodisation sort of quite a lot within college education in generally. But what does it actually mean in in reality when we when we we we, we use these words?
2: Yes, yeah, good question. Um, so, well, if I take my community hats, uh, I coached um, our first the college team, Rangitikei College, um, last year. My oldest son was in there, and I coached most of the junior grades all the way through. And you know, we were—I um, you know, I, kind of took some basic high-performance principles to what we needed in the team, not from a rugby point of view, but from a planning and culture point of view. And the first thing we really needed to re- get our heads around was what was really the vision for the team and what do we really want our young men, in this case, to really experience. And the vision we came up with is, you know, people have a year to remember and are connected for life. You know, and that was our vision. Um, you know, I think that first 15 rugby, it is memories that you always have for life. So we wanted to really drive that. Now, from that we had two or three key things around the game. Around what we wanted, how we want to grow our people, and what the environment should look like, and then from there we looked at how we would periodise that in the season and build our rugby around it. Often it's easy to get into the rugby, but I often think, well, what are you putting your time and GM into on a Tuesday or Thursday if you don't know what you're, you're thinking, you think, know, yeah, you're planning towards and what your vision looks like. So you've got to start with a big picture and work your way down to understand how you want to play and what, what that team
0: to, you know, as say, experience at the end of the season. When you talk about creating that that vision as as your foundations, um, would you, did you invite the players to be part of that process of, um, of creating that vision before you started layering on how you actually wanted to play the game? It's a really good question, um,
2: and yes, and a little bit of no. Like I think you know some players just want to play, and don't, what did you put up, they'll just buy into and get on with. You know, you've been through a lot of these things where they're like, "Yeah, just tell me, I'll do it." So then making sure, you know, the important thing I did was kind of clear on what I thought it might look like, um, then talk to our coaching group um, and our management team and get their feedback and, and adjust accordingly and then kind of chat to some of the key players and then go and present to the team around what that looked like. The more important bit is the, the layers underneath that around how and what that looks like during the season as the, as the keeper. So you know, I think you can be collaborative, but at times as leaders, you've got to actually be reasonably succinct and say, "Okay, cool, we heard you about. You know
0: it's got to, This is what we're doing now." Yeah, I think I think I agree. It's never it's never kind of clear one way or the other. It's always got to be a, a bit of bit of the yeah. black and white. Um, yeah. How did you um? So throughout that season, so, you, so the planning was good. Uh, so you've got the planning kind of sorted. You've presented to the players. How, did, is there any kind of ways in which or techniques that you use to, to kind of get them on, on board with with, with with the vision and, and the way that you guys as a coach and so I'd wanted to go? Yeah,
2: um, you know, if I apply the Hurricanes and Olympics in the 315, it's all very similar, You're just dealing with yeah. probably bigger bigger squad sizes and smaller squad sizes with similar kind of philosophies. And um, you know, I think it's, you know, you get up and present an idea uh, with a question mark behind it. Um, not a statement as ne- you know, necessarily, and get lots of questions to create conversation and not really, you know, it sounds really unorganized as the planet, and it does rattle me a little bit, not really know where it might go, but because uh, you can't force it to, and just you know, give it kind of some structure 70% of where, what it should look like, and now that 30 or 40% to let it go where it needs to. And genuinely buy into it and believe it and show actions from that, and then the people will then rally behind and deliver that for you because they'll know they've been part of that process. So, kind of give it a question, let the team evolve and go where, where it might not where
0: it might not go where you thought it would, and that's okay. And then you know you end up in a better place and put some plans to get on with it. I tend to find that's always um, <laughs> probably a little bit more exciting. You know, you, as coaches or whenever we plan, we've always got kind of the end goal. Um, and goal in mind, um, but you know, at the end of the day, we're we, you know we, we're coaching human beings that will all imprint their own their own foot, footprints on or handprints on, you know, on what we're trying to create and. Mm. <laughs> we've all probably all three of us here are probably examples of where our planning has worked and our planning maybe not have worked we've not quite reached the goal or, or, we've, sorry, or we've always massively, massively overachieved our goal Um but I think you know where planning is really kind of important is you know it, it allows us to keep those messages quite simple do um, you think that's how how important do you think it is in terms of when it comes to planning that you know we keep our messages simple for for, for players to to understand and you know and, and get on board? Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I you know, spent some time with a coach uh,
2: and uh, he talked to me about um, simplicity is complexity solved. You know, as a bit of a statement in my mind now. But that is, you've got to get the complexity of all the people buying into it. But eventually, it needs to come up with a key phrase or something that you can remember. If I have to put our vision, or our performance goals, or some of the key pillars to our planning, on a wall or on a you know a picture, even the values up on the wall, and I can't remember that if someone asks me, then I've wasted everyone's time. So you yeah, know that's our challenges is to create that chaos underneath it when you are planning, let it go where it needs to go, but sharpen it up so it becomes really simple and memorable to action every day. And I think that's the key bit to getting it right. Because otherwise, you get to the interview and you go, oh God, what was our vision and what were we trying to achieve in that planning and you can't remember, So you,
0: how would you know you've done it or not? So that's kind of a key bit, sort of, I reckon. How do you... So in terms of kind of, you know, when it comes to the planning, when do you kind of feel like... Um, well, first of all, how often would you say you reflect across that plan throughout throughout the season? Mm. And yeah, and what are the kind of key markers that you kind of think, oh, we're on track. This this plan, this plan is working. And uh, how much yeah. would you would you add to that plan if it uh, wasn't? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if I if I go back to a little cycle, which is obviously
2: a quite the community side
0: of it, but
2: I'll hopefully weave my way back to it. So the Olympic cycle was four years, um, you know, and you know, I think the Olympic programs are really, probably, are some of the best planners around how to peak at the right time. And I think in rugby, we could learn a lot from that because I feel like, especially, well, especially in New Zealand, you know, expected to win every game, whether no matter what jersey you're playing in. Um, and I think there's a real balance point in how you do that when ultimately you need to peak for a pinnacle event. So. Uh, like a World Cup or like an Olympics. So, you know, when we went to our planning for for Tokyo out of Rio, um, the first quarter call really is make sure you get your review done really, really well. And then from there, your planning gives you, um, you get a lot of your detail from your review around where you're actually at. So out of your review, a lot of times we separate review and planning um, and where you've got to link them and join them together. So whatever you learn from your review, you build into your plan. So if you think, you know, we don't have the right talent in our review, then in our plan is, you know, you build in, we've got to make sure we have the right um, talent ready and available for selection at the right time. That becomes a critical success um, milestone of your planning. So that's the first bit. Second bit is get your vision right. Have three or four key statements that you work towards. Um, Build your your operational, how you're going to do that into that. Get your worries right you know, what are you worried about It's really going to mess that up? And then your performance goals happen every year to keep yourself checkpoint along the way. So every year you kind of know where you need to be um, and you do a really good thorough review with everybody to make sure you're on track and you fine tune and adjust along that, along that um, process. So I put that into an annual cycle like the Super Abycom, competition. the same thing. You know, we've got a clear vision, we've got two or three key priorities are put our energy into... Um we'll checkpoint at round three um, in the bye week and round 13. So when we get to the review and we'll fine-tune along the way. When we get to the review, there's no surprises in for us. We get to a review, and we're surprised by something, it's actually back on us, it's not actually on anyone else. So and you can drop that down into first 15 as well. You know, you can checkpoint along the way in a smaller version of that just by like chatting to the team for 10 minutes before training. How are we? How's our rugby? How's our culture? You know, um, how are we having moments that we're going to remember for life how do we build those experiences in there? how are we going with that so four years one year first of then it's all the same stuff just on a smaller version
1: is there any is that maybe an example where you've you've been going through this process and you've got to one of them checkpoint markers where you're just looking back at the plan where you've just gone well actually we're miles away from there and where you may have had to make any massive shifts or changes. Cause I think sometimes when we get the planning and we write it down, we're, we're afraid to divert from it. Mm. You know, that's the direction we're going when sometimes if you do in these checkpoints, you might need to just go actually, you know, we need to <laughs> change completely what we're doing here. And yeah, uh, if yeah, if so, is there a way that you, how do you react to that and, and cope with
2: it? Yeah. Uh, I've got a great example you know we planned for a four-year cycle for tokyo and we got five years so yeah, certainly when we checkpointed um, when we had COVID on our hands and we were like holy hecka we now need to then um reset and and, and get ourselves ready to peak for a fifth year um that certainly threw a whole lot of pupils at us that we didn't expect you know i often reflect on when i you know do some chats to the corporate world so I think the difference between corporate and business, uh, sort sport and business is, you know, you know, at the time when your pinnacle event's going to be, we know Tokyo's going to happen at the time. Well, now I can't say that anymore because it does change. So you know, we need to, you know, we had to adapt and work out with have got an extra year here with players who might not make it players that have got an extra year. So how do we get them ready and, and um, adjust on the, uh, accordingly to that? So I think the world is teaching us that, Plans are great, uh, but you have to be adaptable and flexible, um, and you know get onto that quickly before it's
1: too late. With that sort of example, Ed, did you have to sort of go back to to the very start of the process in terms of the direction that you wanted to go? On? Did you go back to a certain checkpoint and review, start changing from there, or what, what was the process yeah. you go through? Because some people might just you know, scribble the paper up, throw it away and just completely start from scratch. But that's also not, sometimes it might help, but sometimes you might already have foundations laid that you can build on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it goes back to, you know, to go back to high performance planning, the idea that I want to go is get our, our strategy and structure right, um, which is our planning, make sure our people, get the right people to deliver that, you know, have a culture that people thrive in and perform when we need to. So, we just went back and said, "Well, the people might not change, and changing our culture is still really important to us. So we're still going to go deeper on what we think's important there. Um, our strategy does need to change slightly to get us to peak because um, our performance has shifted. So um, yeah, you know, we just had to slow down um, the team again. you know, we were three months out from going to." Uh, Tokyo 2020, and we felt like we were in a really good place, we won the last two tournaments in Canada, both men's and women's, so we really just had to really slow us down again to emotionally deal with COVID for our people, friends and family, and then when we, when our people were in a good spot, you know, used the culture and the performance to then we get ourselves back up and, and running again and try and play tournaments because we couldn't play anyone else, so um, yeah, Just understanding your core principles around strategy, people, culture, and performance, what you really need, and just adjusting your plans on the fly. And our language changed a little bit. You know, we used the language around what does the picture look like in Tokyo when we get there in 12 months' time? And then, um, so if we go to sleep the night before the, day one and we're restful and we're sleeping well, what will we be saying that night and build our plan back from there? You where know, we'd fit people our know, culture where we're healthy, you know, culture was strong in our game plan we had a few surprises that no one had seen that we we're gonna bring out and surprise to people. And then you work get
0: the plan from there. um during, during that time, so with the with the number of lockdowns and especially you guys in New Zealand got you know, got hit quite hard with tough restrictions, how did you find that kind of Player engagement with that process, um, you know, especially moving things online and and some of them having to train on their own for large periods. Do you think that didn't any of them kind of? Well, I guess human nature; their mind would have have deviated away from that Olympic dream. But how easy did you find it for them to to switch back in and and crack on with 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 the with getting to the goal that was in that was in place? Yeah, um, really good
2: question, Harrison. I think yeah, we had a, a really strong uh, group of leaders in our program um, with our head coach at, um, Clark Laidlaw and Helen Bunting and, and Corey Sweeney in the Women's Program. And you know, we, we knew that our people were the, the most important thing at that time, so you know, we made sure that our people were taken care of first. So the first thing we did was get home and be safe um, and let's keep connected. And then we then... You know, make sure our culture was strong and then we dealt with the physical and the rugby side of it. And we didn't throw a lot of the rugby stuff at them at the time. We just needed to make sure people um, were front of mind and even that we did. Um, and then, you know, that, that come, you know, people and culture are massive in times of crisis. Uh, and often we, we it's easy for us to get into the, the easy stuff, which is the rugby stuff and keep that ticking over, but we knew we'd get that right later on if we really built. The connection with our people and the culture, and you know, we, we felt it certainly
0: paid off when we got to where we needed to get to. I think that's I think that's a common theme across across coaching. I mean, this is this is episode one of our of our third series of. of of the podcast, and you know, every coach that we've had on to, to speak has always said that you know people will always come first. Um, and I always refer back to um, I remember listening to a podcast with um, Mauricio Pochettino, the Tottenham uh, Hospital's manager, the Paris Saint Germain manager at the time, and he said, "You know, as, as coaches, we deal with with people that tend to play that just play sport, and for you, at sport, a very high level." Um, you know, and we can. You know, I know the lockdowns were very, very tough on on a lot of people, and I think it's really kind of refreshing to hear that. You know, yeah, we're not going to lose yeah. the vision and the, and all the planning, the hard work we put in place, but you know, we've got to make sure that we're looking after the human the human beings. That yes, I think that's you know, that's 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 really refreshing. It's also mm. quite easy to pick up where you kind of left off because you've done all that hard work and looking after them. You know, mentally over, over that period, it was quite easy to pick up the plan when they did, when you could come back into into group training. Yeah, you had a, a certainly
2: saw an energized, excited group to want to come back to their rugby family. Um, you know, and then that was really important that we uh, allowed that to happen. And, you know, we were on the road for six weeks down to Tokyo, we had two weeks in quarantine. So we were a family, I guess, in lots of ways at that, at that end point. So, and you know, I think there was a real um, well, there was, R- real, um, people were grateful for what they do have because it was taken away from them really, really quickly. You know, we were, you know, uh, had, you know, say so Olympians on their way and it was taken away from them within the drop of a hat and when something's taken away from you and then you get it back, you're kind of really grateful for it so you just can't wait to get back and the energy level changes because you're like, man, I'm just, I, I live the best day um, and the best life at the moment and I'm going to give everything I can so, there's a real positive spin because, you know, the people and the culture, we invested in that, that, that and the gratitude was high um, for what they do, uh, that we were ready to get back together and, you know, go for it in that fun a little bit. So.
1: So just on the on the other side of that then, sort of Tony, like we like we said it spoke about at the start, sort of going into the to the hurricanes now, there's, there's the other side mm. when you walk into a new programme. And this is what I think, you know, when you're a community coach or coaching within any level, when you walk into a new environment and something like planning, how do you how what would your advice be for the start of that process? Because I suppose it's trying to find that balance between going in and putting the principles in place that you know but then also adapting to the new culture of the environment that you're going into. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, you know, I, I was. Yeah, you know, the first thing I did was what um, am doing because I'm still doing it is understanding our people. You know, you know it's, it's the same thing. The plan will be easy, but I needed to go in and listen really well and understand who our people are and where we're actually at. So, um, I was yeah, you know, really made sure I spoke with all the staff. One-on-one took the time to do that. We went in season, so the time was perfect, really, to spend quality time with our people and get a really good feel for where we thought we had off. A really good review that was done um, post the season by a guy uh, by the name of Mike Chu and um, that allowed us to understand kind of where the team was at, and then you know, understand the, the, the people well. And then really, we then got together and said, right now we know that. Let's work on what our plan is for next year. Um, so. If I'd come in and say, well, here's the plan Let's get on with it. There would have been chaos. I would have I, who's this dude? You don't even know who I am. And what makes me tick, you know, who I'm married to, who my partner is and my kids are, you know, what my frustrations are, what I love about this place, you know. Um, you know, one of the questions I asked is, if, you know, if you were to describe this club in three words, what would you say? Um, because I wanted to know how, the, how people, you know, described our club and um, what their passions were and where the club was at, so... Coming in, you you've got to you've got to be disciplined on um, listening first versus leading. Um, but you also need to get the balance right that you do need to lead at some stage because you can't listen all the time either. So I was constantly and still constantly thinking: Am I listening or leading here? Because they need at times a leader to stand up with alongside Jason Hollander, he coach, our CEO, and leader, make sure we you know, we lead really well when we need to, but we're listening first. Yeah.
1: It's kind of uh, we had uh, John Atkinson on, who the high performance manager at uh, Canada Swimming. And he sort of said the same thing when he came there from British Swimming. Was he needed to just get an idea of the the culture, the environment before he started then making changes to, to what he felt would then excel that program. So when you go in and ask them sort of questions, what is it about the club and and things like that? How did that did that then change the vision for the for the season sort of moving forward, or did you then all with the coach and staff then shape? From that, how that was yeah. aligned to it was it, and was that different to what they'd done before? Um, yeah, you know, was it different to what they done before? I think so. Yeah, I don't
2: really know. I know a little bit what I was done before, but it certainly was, and I, I think, um, yeah, you know, there's a couple of questions before that in my head was. First question was, who are you, um, and how are you? <laughs> you know, like, you know, certainly, you know, I need to. I've got people rolling through my office I've never met before. You know, so I'm like, who are you? And I'll tell you who I am and what makes me tick and what my family is and you know where, where I'm at. And then um, how are you in terms of your job and, and your world? And then we'll get to you know, what are we think this club needs to do by describing it. And that just really, you know, when you talk to lots of people, you get some common themes that come out of it. And one of them was, you know, we need to um, you know, get clear on our vision. Um, you know, get clear on what the culture looks like around here for us, and develop some leadership, and and get a you know plan to put our energy into. So, you know, um, we often think we should have all the answers as leaders, but people are smart. If we give them the opportunity to share their voice, they know ninety percent of the time what's going on. We just got to make sure we understand and get clear what it looks like. Mm-hmm.
1: Going back to sort of um, aligning that to planning is what. What would then the the, the basic structure of a, a if we look at a rugby program, the season-long program? What what would the, the structure yeah. of that look like throughout, from sort of the start yeah. of preseason starting, if not before, through to yeah. when you start your review? Yeah. Um, so get
2: clear on your vision. Yeah. You know, so let's yeah. You know, if I take all three levels of Olympics, Super Rugby, and um, Uh, First of all, get clear on your vision, understand um, the values um, around how you want to operate around here. Um, If they're there, great. If you need to fine tune them, get that sorted. Uh, Clear on the outcome of um, what you're chasing, what's the performance goal here that you're after. Um, Three or four, no more than five um, critical areas of focus. Yeah, normally, there'll be something around your players, your support staff, the game, your culture, and maybe something around alignment. Something, normally, there'll kind of around those things. Um, if you've got any more than five, you're, you're going to battle. You know, I, I reckon three of us got a magic number. Three is probably about right, I reckon. Then allow your people to then bring that to life. How do we bring to life? You know, we want to have a, you know amazing culture that people um, thrive in, if that's whatever your career focus is. And allow key people who are good in that space to say how we're going to do it, when we're going to do it. Then take all of those and then sit down and do your calendar and work out when you're going to do it, how it's important to do it, and fill your schedule up with your time to bring that and the projects to bring that to life to do it. You know, so often you walk into a team, doesn't matter what level it is, and you say, all right, let's talk about planning for next year, and the, the magical spreadsheet comes out and you start filling in rugby and S and C. You know, so I always have our S&Cs on there they have a magical spreadsheet, lots of colours on it um, but what are we filling that up with we don't know that yet until we understand what our plan is so that's the last bit we do, not the first bit so let's get the front end right and then we'll work out where we're going to fill our time and then we'll get that bit right but until then um, we are not going to fill out a spreadsheet or a calendar or a schedule yet because we actually don't know what that looks like yet where we're going to put our energy and our time and then we, and then you checkpoint and you do your review, and and more importantly, you hold each other accountable to that because you'll get magical little hey, we've got this new machine and we should do this and we should do that and you know that's cool, we'll deal with that. But let's make sure we understand it's important to us. We'll think about that for next year. We'll deal with that on you know we'll put that aside because we believe these three or four things are going to nail it unless you need the paradigm shift of a you know, a really disastrous start or an extra year like the Olympic cycle.
1: So. How would you make some of them more sort of measurable? So when you're working through the season, that you're you've got um, a measurement of where you're at towards the, the final goal. I know obviously it's contextual, depending on a lot of the, the stuff that you might say within that within the five key areas of focus. But have you got an example of how you might make something like a values or a culture. How you would quantify that as a success or not quite
2: there? Yeah. Yeah, great point. Um, I think, you know, obviously the outcome is important. You know, at the end of the day, we get going to win. You know, you've got to make sure you win. So, you know, winning, you can win and not achieve your plan or your vision or your values. Um, you can lose and not achieve your plan or your vision or your values. So, you just got to work out in between. Yeah, if you line those two things up, then you're going to get everything. Um So, you know, I think the outcome of winning is important from a culture point of view, a lot of it's feel, um, but you've got to have an awareness of, of that. You've got to have people kind of feeling the room and understanding, um, you know, are we laughing? You know, do we have belly laughter? Can we switch into performance focus and go and smash something on the field? Um, and then afterwards, get really good critical feedback when we need to to each other without anyone being offended and have conversations that we, we, we need to have but sometimes we don't want to have. So you need people having an awareness on culture and getting a feel for it. And, yeah, and normally, if you've got a really good head coach, they'll sense things going on rather than worry about the technical, tactical of the catch and pass and the drill I need to coach. But sitting back and going and walking through room and going, "Something's not quite right here. What's going on? We need to have this conversation now." But if you're not looking for it or feeling it, then you're never going to know whether you're on track on it or not. So. You can't measure culture, but you can feel culture, but you've got to have people trying to look for that or feel that feel, if that makes sense. Um, And then obviously you can measure your SMC side of it and your physical side of it. And also you can measure um, in your schedule where you dedicate your time. So we did a recent, um, I looked at our schedule over the last two or three weeks and worked out a percentage of time in rugby culture leadership and looked at, well, is that about right for what we're after here? So where do we put our time and energy into those areas? And when we go into play in the season, is that going to change? And what percentage does it need to change to should we do 100%, 100% rugby and not do anything about leadership or culture or whatever your areas of focus are? And the answer is no, but you've got to get that balance to it. So you can measure it by looking at the time and energy you put into it during the rugby as well.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's the risk. Sometimes, once the season starts, of the the actual outcome on the field takes over from some of the stuff that you've been doing off field and as a priority. When you're not supposed to do go go hand in hand, because if you if you're not got off to the best of start, actually having a a, a good a, a culture that everyone's bought into is what will drive you to get you out of the rut to turn the performance on the pitch around. So it is. I suppose it's it's that that balancing act of how you prioritize everything. Um, yeah. So, from from sort of your perspective of, of your role as sort of general manager, how do you manage that with the the cultures that, that you've that you're working with, whether that was in the Olympic cycle or with with the Hurricanes? Yeah. How, how would that work from a from your leadership perspective um, of managing that? Yeah,
2: um, great alignment with your head coach and your CEO and your board, and it's absolutely critical. You know, we need to make sure we're constantly chatting and on the same page and. And ultimately, having time so that people can do their jobs. So, you know, at the end of the day, in, in our structures, the head coach, we want them coaching. So my role is to help support them to take things away, that are taking them away from coaching off their hands. Um, but also having constant chat around the, the picture or the plan that we're putting our energy into. So it's very easy to get disjointed when you get really busy. Um, but as soon as you get that misalignment around key key leaders in your spine of your chair and your CEO, your know, general manager rugby and your head coach, you'll lose time later on because you'll be disjointed and you'll be slot- you'll picking up the mess. So, first Sport of call is, you know, my role is to make sure that a really strong alignment and communication channel with the head coach. And then collectively, we're, you know, it's kind of like the parents, say eh? When they know the parents are aligned, the kids will, will be like, we're sweet here. If they see that mum and dad aren't quite on the same page, and they might be arguing about something, but they're not actually they'll find a hole somewhere and they'll go for it. So you've got to make sure Mo and dad are on the same page. Um, it's a little like that with the gym and the head coach, you know, we might not agree on everything and we shouldn't, but you know, they all when we leave that room, we are committed to and aligned to what we're gonna do and let's get on with it. So absolutely critical. And then um, uh, uh, Jason in this case. Um, or Ellen and um, Clark and uh, Stevens' case will then take care of the management team in the rugby. You know, I don't make like, comment on the game. I'm not there to, you know, say why didn't you kick it versus run it. Um, and I'll help make sure we shape the, the strategy and the people and the culture we needed
0: in the alignment. But so, certainly that collaboration alignment's is critical. And- on that, so I guess a big part of your role will also be managing up to, you know, you mentioned in the CEO for the grassroots game, it's managing up with like communities and maybe chairman and board members. Um, how have you found that process of, of managing up and and how much, how much you know, in previous experiences have they kind of wanted to imprint some of what they wanted from the club into the plan as well? Yeah, uh, it's both a
2: critical, you know,
0: so, um, you know,
2: Quite a few times in my past, you have done very quickly when you don't manage up well. You you get a very uh, quick whack on the hand because someone got surprised by something. So, you know, and that's a really good philosophy in my head is who's going to be surprised by that? You know, that's my question I ask of myself. And then if someone's going to get surprised by that, then I need to go and have a conversation with the board. Not so much the board in this but more the CE. Um, you know, I was not New Zealand rugby, I was two, there was two or three layers um, bet- between me and the CE. And so it was like, you know, we need to make sure that we're totally aligned. So if anyone's surprised, go and have that conversation. Um, and vice versa, they understand what we're trying to achieve here because I need your support. So having them in your planning right from the start um, is absolutely critical. And the Hurricane CEO has certainly been involved in that process right from the start. So they understand what we're trying to achieve and our part of that process too. So alignment... Um, and no surprises and you know, um, we here it help each other in so different roles is, is really key
1: so oh, just for the for, <clears throat> sorry for the sort of the community coach that might be sort of listening to this and really wanting to mm. get that focus on how I might better with my planning how I might look at moving my team forward what advice would you give them from the starting point if this was something that they've listened to and gone right I'm going to start implementing some of this stuff now I'm coaching at a a community club so I want to try and what me and Harrison have sort of described bringing a professional feel with a small p sort of Mm. word Mm. what advice would you give them as a starting point to get themselves into this new rhythm I suppose of, of taking planning seriously yeah yeah,
2: yeah. Good question. Uh, I'm going to go and coach my youngest son's team, and I think he'll either be uh, under 65 kg's or under 15 teams. So, um, you know, my first thing I think about with that is um, what do I want them to be saying at the end of the season? You know, so you start with that end point, which is kind of your vision, right? What do I want with the players and our and our and our parents, in this case, to be saying about the season? You know. Um, And it's always something, especially at that level, is high enjoyment, great culture, and we played our hearts out and we learned something, right? So start with that question, um, talk to your coaches and your management around you and ask them the same question. Say, what what do you think we should be saying at the end of the season? And when we are sitting around having an orange juice or a lemonade as a manager and say, what a great year with the under-65s or under-15s, it was because of... And that will help to kind of sharpen up what that picture looks like for you. And then sit down and grab a calendar and go, right, what are, what are the things that are certain for us? Well, we know day one or turn one, we're going to have to probably get some kids to register. And so um, then you know, it's a little bit like um, just turn up and let them, and they'll create a great environment where they'll have lots of fun and work hard at the same time through fun. And they'll, they'll come out of woodwork. And then when you've got your team, you then chat to them about. You know, there's a couple of things we're going to do around here between now and end of the year and, and then you just um, evolve and grow that out the other end. So you know, start with well, I'm gonna talk about this team at the end of the year at the aftermatch function, or go know, the end of season prize giving and I say what a great year and parents are amazing, and we had lots of enjoyment and fun and we won the competition because you know we're highly, you know, we were highly enthusiastic and highly skilled or whatever it is, then it allows you to then work on the plan to make that happen
1: yeah because i I think think one of the key things coaches listening to this will will take away is again when we go back to to sort of the conversation start about what what we think sort of planning is is it's more than just what you you say on the spreadsheet it's how you bring that to life and and i say around the vision the outcomes um the values and and how that then the, the plan is how you then Bring all that to, to life, I suppose, and it doesn't necessarily have to be just the structure of your Tuesday, Thursday training, and then what you're going to do on the match day. It's it's, it's bigger than that, really, and and, and I, I suppose yeah. that, I suppose that's where timing it, it does get lost a little bit with the the volunteer coach, the the coach that's giving up the time to do it because they see it as a oh I've got to plan out what I'm doing here, there, and everywhere, and oh well, I don't have time for that. But if you don't take the time to really Understand where you want to go and how you want to get there, and it's really difficult to um, put your own stamp on something to bring your coaching to life. Because yeah, so, yeah. that's sort of how your coaching—you you can write stuff down, but you need to bring it to life on the field. And I think that's where some sometimes it gets a bit lost, and where sometimes it's not as, as valued with the community coaches, maybe it should be from, from from that perspective.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really good point. Um, and just on that, we just bumping in with something else is if you get that, you know you spend some time planning up front before the season starts, you know, um you know I've got a race from my job to a three three thirty training done uh, with a whole of um, fifteen year old kids, you know, in a windy Wellington might be summery weather um, day and if i haven't done that planning up front then i can't think about in the car on the way down there what am i going to do with these bits because i wouldn't have thought about it i haven't got a lesson plan and i'll be driving down going well, what are the important things to us let's make sure we connect first let's make sure we have a bit of fun to start off with and let's make sure um we, we work really hard on the drills and skills that we need to do so automatically that down done by three years of focus on my plan, then it gives me something to think about, you know, rock up their connection. What's a game I can connect them with? And I make sure we energise them and get them excited and then we get off our skills and then we have the team when we go home. So it helps your plan in the moment when you, um, to give you something to recruit when you're thinking, God, I have not thought about training today. What am I going to do? Because you've thought about it at the start of the season when you might just dedicate half a day or a day or a couple of days max with you, the coaches and your management team, just to get on the same page. So when you're in the in the moment, you're not having to scuttle around and then you're all and Kids get disillusioned and you're out. So invest your time early to then make sure your quality is right when you rock up there. It Makes your playing
0: so much easier in the moment. Uh, I also think, um, I, don't know, I think uh, I've been exposed. I've done a bit of um, bit of reading and, and looking into a, into it a little bit more now. Is um, is this idea of creating themes, um, themes that can run throughout throughout the year? Um, I think we've had examples from from previous guests, Jack Gooding, who coached um Australia Schoolboys. They came up with a theme of having the Wolverines. And you know, those you know, especially when you're dealing in, in community game, that's you know, having a theme and a theme in the season and maybe sessions around around certain areas. Um I think you know, Automatically makes it a little bit more exciting because you can get you can get wild, wacky, and really creative with with your, with your kind of sessions. Um, you know, so you are talking about creating, connecting, fun, engaging, engaging sessions. Well, I think what you know, what I found from introducing themes, especially in my college setting uh, of where of where I work, is. You know, it, it helps the players understand back to those three to five key messages, but layering on the themes just automatically, you know, it, it raises eyebrows, I find. Um, it gets people engaged and it gets some it gets some questioning like 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 we spoke about at the start of creating this vision. Um is it is is theming and 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 playing around with themes, is that something that you've kind of explored as as within your planning or is it
2: Yeah. Um- yeah, it's a big, yeah, I think as long as you've got yeah. You know, if I think about the professional side of it, you've got to make sure you still have your foundation set first and your vision and your value systems because often you can get confused around, um, oh, we have a theme and people think that's the vision for the um, for the year and then the next year they come in and then they've got another theme and another theme and another theme and another theme. So they get themed out, and whether Wolverine or whether I'm wearing a red hat or I'm a... Whatever the theme is, you know, um, they can get themed out by it. So it's got to be built off the foundation of a strong vision and the values of your club at a professional level and also, you know, obviously, community level. So, um, but certainly, you know, at a, a school level, the theming brings things to light. But the key thing is again is to kind of go well, what do you want it to symbolise? What's the simplicity of the symbol and the theme that you want it to really underpin um, the type of um, values or you know carriers of focus that's gonna get them to remember I need to be Wolverine or I need to be whatever it is that, that symbolizes me acting like he does, but also having the humility off the field that you might have and having two different faces or masks or whatever it might be. You know, so use your thing as something to bring to life your carriers that you want to put
0: your energy into. Oh, I think one hundred percent that goes back to you know, what you're probably saying in terms of we've got to front load it, and there's no point. Um, and I wouldn't say um, add a theme for for theme's sake, right? If you've got a few front loaded with you identified your, what you want your culture to be, what you want your vision to be, what you want to get out, and then then you come up with a creative solution that brings all of that to life. I think that's the that's the way that maybe I'll. Yeah, that's the way I'd. I'd watch that's great. And that's, and yeah, and, yeah, awesome. yeah, and it's a balancing act. It's you know, it's yeah. yeah. What might work for one environment might be the complete, the complete opposite to, to to an environment you go into. So it goes back mm. to, like, when we work in there. Can we listen before we, before we lead? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great point.
1: Tony's been. Um it's been brilliant having you on to uh, to sort of chat about uh, planning and I've written down lots of different notes here that I think I'm definitely going to use to to, to shape how we sort of maybe look to, to sort awesome. of move on, move on move on move forward with sort of what we do um, but sort of listening I think some of the key things that we've got is that the people and values is, has to shape everything because um, then that's going to then dictate how you then plan out and what you want to do for, for the rest of the season and um, so, thanks for giving up your your evenings, um, pleasure. And chatting to us about it, it's been it's been a pleasure.
2: Absolutely, and, and just a massive shout out to both you guys to you know get people listening and talking about you know sport and the, the important role that it has uh, for our communities. You know, the more we live in in the world that we're living in, you know, sport has a massive part, and we can't do it without coaches and we can't do it without them. You know, Training themes have been planned to allow. Uh, young people to come and connect to something and maybe escape some of the realities that they live in and enjoy uh, the sport for the benefits that we know. And so just you know, well done to sharing the voice of um, sport and, and uh, coaching and planning. So it's, yeah, thanks very much.
1: Harrison, what a great way to uh, kick off season three uh, with, with Tony there chatting about planning periodisation. I think there was there was lots of stuff within that chat with Tony that I've uh, taken away and, and want to put into my own, my own practice now.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, firstly, thank you. It was great to have Tony and I guess it's um, a very busy period for him considering that uh, super rugby is less than three weeks away now, but it was, you know, it was a, a, once again a, a riveting conversation in which I've taken, taken, taken so much from. Um, yeah. I think, you know, just almost at the start, you know, straight away when you know he's talking around, you know, creating, uh, uh, creating a plan, um, it has got to start with a, a simple vision.
1: Yeah, well, and that vision came up. I mean, when, when you think about what we spoke about within season two, around um, people, vision, environment, and philosophy, a lot of the stuff there from Toddy very much overlapped with a lot of that because it was all about vision, values. And then the outcome then coming from that. And, and I think especially one of the things that I've been guilty of with my planning and periodization is it, it is very much focused on the outcome rather than actually the DNA that makes up all of that. And I think that's one of the key things that, that, that I took from the, 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 the immediate start of the conversation was,
0: yeah. was that. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the, the phrase that kind of stuck with me is that you know, his vision was you know, he wanted the players to think of it a year together but family for life, and you know those the bonds that we can create as, as you know, as coaches and as you, you, know, we're, you know, we we can really facilitate players and 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 how they form relationships and form positive friendships with with groups. And I think you know that, and you can plan that out. And it's not it's not gonna be an easy thing to easy thing to plan out, but if you're really kind of succinct in your you got your clear vision, clear values, clear identity of culture, then that it's a it's a hell of a lot easier a hell of a lot easier to form. And it it, it goes back to the else that he kept referring to, and that was you know, can we um, can we preload everything? Can we get it all in the bank? And can we make sure that you know we're really clear nice and early? bank it nice and early. And then when it comes to the processes throughout the year, you know, you're on top of it. You know what you want to bring. You know, you know what the values are. So as a coaching staff or me and my own, if I'm coaching, I know the values that I've agreed upon with the players, maybe with the, the board above. And they're the ones I want to stick to throughout the year. And it's clear and it's simple and it's effective.
1: Well, yeah, and it, I think it's how we – what 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 I got from it as well was, was how we talked from – when you review as you're going through is that you need to, act to actively put what you're reviewing into your plan. So don't just review for the sake of reviewing. It needs to be meaningful. It needs to be able to actually impact on what you're going to do different that next time around. Well, and, and I think –
0: well, I, was just kind of, I wanted to just inject, and that goes back to something that um, Frank Dick mentioned with the. Um with the Google's Newton's cradle, you know, with terms of when we reflect the first, that first ball has got to be the disruption before we then begin to dream, design, deliver for it to come back and be the destruction again. And, you know, and throughout the conversation with, um, with, with Tony, you know, it, it reminded me of that, that that process of planning and then reflecting and then planning again, which, you know, we'll touch on different elements of it throughout, throughout the season. Um, you know, We've got it's a constant, it's a constant process, and I think it was great that you know he did allude to it that you know it's not it's not just right. This is this is the bit, I've planned it right. I'm just going to go and deliver it. If we don't reflect and have stock gaps throughout, se- throughout the season, throughout the year, or throughout the four year cycle for him um, going to the Olympics with the with the seven side, you know how do you know if it's successful?
1: Well, that got into the bit that he touched on at the start of it was you need to start with a question rather than a statement. So at the start of that whole process, he went in with a question about what they could move on and what they wanted to achieve without saying, this is what we're going to do. It was more focused on, well, actually the question of how, what do we want? How do we do it? And then you can build your plan from that. And it links in because he's only just started with the hurricanes. He only went there um, post Olympics or so September time, but even now he, he was talking to us about how he, he still doesn't know everyone there. So when someone comes into the room, it's who are you? And how, how are you? <laughs> Learn about them. And then from that, you can then work out what makes them tick and how that then might fit into what role they might play within X, Y, and Z. And I think that's sort of, as coaches, when it gets into a more of a, the higher up the chain, you kind of go, as you become then more of the manager of things off field as well as on field, but we still need to account to how that impacts on what we plan and deliver and achieving that outcome.
0: Yeah. And, you know, he spoke when, when he came into this role, um, when he came into that role in, in the hurricanes, you know, he said the first thing i got to do is listen. I've got to listen before I lead. Because he doesn't, like you said, like you just said there, he didn't know everyone. He still doesn't know everyone. So you know, he's got to listen before he can then make, you know, accurate judgments um and plan accordingly for the environment that he's in and that also you know it's very similar to to, you alluded to it during the during the episode that john atkinson when he took over um swim canada um, you know he he's gone in there and maybe it's a different time scale you know john Atkinson gave himself eight months to 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 listen to take him take on board what the regime is what is canada swimming all about um, you know, and, and and listening to Tony and, and hearing Tony's stories of, of of how it's going with the hurricanes and what we did with the New Zealand sevens, it's yeah, it's you know, it, it's huge because if you don't listen, you don't understand. Then how can you layer on any kind of foundation and, and build on what's already there?
1: Because he also said within that is when you're coming up with these decisions within your plan was like, who's going to be surprised by this? So is is there something now within this that's going to surprise people? So that shows that when you, all the stuff that you've got together is aligned to the overall process and outcome that you're working towards, which I think is, is key. Um, I mean, I think that the, the the key phrase that he sort of said was that probably resonated a lot was that um, simplicity is complexity solved.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I think that's something that we have in on all the episodes that we've done have have preached without without I think consciously saying it that you know the art of effective coaching and um, is simplifying the complexity of everything that we do. Um, and that's in all sports. Every sport has its own kind of complexities to it. Um, life, Chris has its own complexity to it, but our role as, as, uh, as leaders, as coaches, as, as people who, uh, as mentors, as people, you know, who are looked upon by, by by groups of individuals or, or, or as a collective team, you know, if we can simplify the complexity of the sport, the complexity of life and, and deal with these human beings and, and, and create the plan that's effective, that's assured, that's, that, that deals with it, is, is a true sign of, of, of a good plan. And that actually was made very clear by the disruptions that his uh, the disruptions to the seventh cycle that he was alluding to. But actually, when they went to lockdown, and in New Zealand, I think they had their fair share of quite very, very strict and very, very long lockdowns, you know, the plan that he kind of they put in place for to get gold medal at the olympics didn't necessarily go out the window but it was a stop gap it was put on the shelf as they made sure that the mental well-being and the mental the mental health of all the athletes that they were working with to take them to tokyo was was paramount during a really probably tough time globally you know and that enabled them when the players did come back that they were able to hit the ground running because they were looking forward to do, to doing something they've not been able to do and they're in a healthy frame of mind well, it goes back
1: to the message that was sung throughout the whole of season three of people first but even in your planning you've got to have the people at the heart of what you do um so you know it's yeah and absolutely again every time we do this there's just something new and new snippet or a new way of thinking about stuff and um, it was great that Tony came on and, and shared that with us yeah oh,
0: what a way what a way to kick off season three Chris i um, yeah. oh, I cannot wait for the, the rest of the series now
1: yeah no it's, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting um, so we'll be back in, uh, in a couple of weeks with another guest uh, we hope you've got a lot out of this episode um, don't be afraid to drop us a message and let us know what you think Charlie's got all of our social media details at the end and we will see you next time Cheers for listening. Don't forget to join in the discussion at Big Breakdown HQ on Twitter,
0: Facebook and Instagram.